Hey, y'all, and welcome back to the Hashtag Truth Challenge podcast, where I talk about the whole truth and nothing but the truth in regards to young adulthood, mental health, and relationships. I am here with my friends, y'all, Jasmine, Tasha, Lexis. Introduce yourselves. Jazz, you are Hey, y'all. Jazz. <laughs> Jasmine. I am. I'm sorry. Tasha went before me. She <laughs> was out of order. But yes, <clears throat> this is Jasmine. Um, yeah, and I'm from Orlando, Florida, and I'm here with my girls, and we're ready to get the tea started. Period. Tasha? Hey, y'all. My name is Natasha Averline. I'm from Bryan County, Florida, Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> and my oh best my friend God. here throwing up the L. I'm just playing, but yes, yeah. I'm ready to this play. Baby I'm said, I'm challenging. You're not playing. <laughs> and I'm here with my friends. Y'all goofy. Okay, Lexis. Hello, you guys. This is Alexis. Tasha, where I'm from? Bryan <laughs> County. Oh, uh, I this can. is a first. <laughs> y'all are so ghetto okay so we're gonna start off today by talking about our worst slash funniest relationship story so the worst or funniest thing that has ever happened to you in a relationship jazz we're gonna start off with you what's your story <clears throat> so i'm a funny being by nature <laughs> so we're not even going to go there because as you guys get to know me on this podcast, eventually you'll see that like my life is just a joke in itself. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm not going to go into the funny part. So we're going to keep it real, real, real tea. Cause I know a lot of you guys out there have experienced some of this to some degree, and I think it needs to be shared. So I'm going to talk about the worst relationship I've been in. And it was never a relationship. It was a situation ship. Y'all know about that. Don't I like, you don't know. <laughs> so, I was talking to this guy, we won't say no names, but in college I met this guy and um, that was the whole situation and I would have to make my own podcast to really explain it all, <laughs> but I think that was the worst situation I could have ever been in only because that's where I ended up finding out who I was, who I wasn't, what I wanted, what I didn't like, and that was my first love. Too much information when I say this, but he wasn't my first sexual partner, but he was the first person I fell in love with. And I got in a situation with him not knowing he had a girlfriend. And then when I found out he had a girlfriend, I tried to do what all of us would do. And that's leave from that situation and do what's best for yourself and let it go. But as time continued to go on, I find I found that I was really in love with him and he wouldn't let me go like at all. So it was at a point where he got back with her and I didn't know. And then I ended up finding out. He still was stalking me, trying to come finding out where I stayed and all these different things. And when he did, I kind of got weak and vulnerable for him again. And I found myself at this point entertaining a guy with a girlfriend. Now, I'm not saying I'm proud of that, but if you know the backstory, you'll understand me a little bit better. But this situation brought me so much turmoil, heartache, and it was just a very toxic situation and I found myself going months with accepting the role of a side chick being an option which I knew from the get-go I was never an option mm. but I let him make me an option because I loved him and I never really knew that never believed that love could really make you do dumb stuff but it really can and long story short with that 
what I signed up for was not exactly what I thought it to what I thought it to be. So of course, ladies, if a man show you who he is in the beginning, for the most part, that's who he is. So I got myself in a situation where I became a side chick. It became an option trying to fight for this man's love trying to win his love and approval to only be even more hurt because i realized he was never going to lose leave her or he was never going to choose me so i found myself exiting out of that relationship by the spirit and the power of the living god it wasn't me and <laughs> i started my journey of healing after a year of that situation so i would say that was the worst situation i could have ever been in and yeah my girls know how that went, so I'm going to, I think Tasha's next, I think. I'm not sure, but I'm going to hand it back over to Tamia's, but that's that's my, that's my tea, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Come okay, through. Hey, your tea is being the side chick for a long periodically time. Okay, uh, Tasha, what's your story, honey? Okay, my story, I'm not going to sit here and be long, um, take a long time, but my story, I'm going to say it started in high school when I dated, I guess we would say our high school sweetheart. And basically, we went off to college. And although we attended different colleges, um, different colleges in different states, we had the mindset of still being together and making our relationship flourish. However, that didn't last too long because by the ending of our first year in college, we was already broken up a few times by the time sophomore year got around we were completely broken up broken up and basically we broke up because when he went off to this uh white college i would say not an hbcu he started dating white girls and basically left me for a white girl and well long story short he's still in my dms now what six seven years later trying to check for me and that ain't happening however Period. Yes, Lexis, it's done. Like, you know, that was a breakup relationship that really had a a toll on me mentally, emotionally and spiritually because I once loved this individual with all of my being and to see what he did to me and how he did it and why he did it. Even till this day, it doesn't hurt. It's just the matter of fact of why would you do this? Like, why? Like, I thought we had something serious, but no, you went off to college. You went and dated outside of our race. Nothing against that. <laughs> but you made it seem as though this race was better than the race that you're in, which is ridiculous. So... That was very hard, and as I look back and reflect, I'm glad that it ended the way it did because I got something way better. But um, <laughs> it needed to happen because that's a part of life. But that was one of the worst, I can say, relationship that really, really had a toll on me because it happened to me so early in dating and so early in college, and I wasn't prepared for it. But I had to really, you know, learn and grow through it. Period. Okay, so um, yeah. quick synopsis. Baby left you for a whole white girl. That ain't even what's up. That's and guess sad. what? He ain't even with the white girl no more. That white girl left him. Oh, he left her. But they ain't together because he's checking for me. Period. Okay. Who, okay, Lexis, what is your worst slash funniest experience in a relationship? Okay, I'll say for a relationship, it'll start way back in like middle school. And <laughs> it was with this boy who... I didn't even want it at first. Like, when I tell you, okay, we're in middle school, so you know we young, but we fast. I didn't even want the baby, but when I tell you this boy hunted me down to be his girlfriend, you know, fast forward, I ended up being his girlfriend. We became girlfriend and boyfriend, I'll say seventh grade year. 
we lasted until like 12th grade year and I was kind of stuck I was stuck with him it was not it wasn't a I wanted to be with him because it was just simply he used to cheat on me and he was like once we break up he'll beat up anybody who I ever talk I better not talk to you he gonna beat you up like it was it just came to a point where I started to be in fear of not my life because he never harmed me, but I started to be in fear with other people's lives that I encountered. And I felt like at a point it was like, a, I'm always just stay with him because he's just going to always beat up somebody, even though he's doing wrong, <laughs> he's always going to beat up somebody that I'm with because he don't want me with anybody else. And it's like, <laughs> I just, that's, that's just my story. It's just, it's a long story in between, but just to sum it up, I'm just, I was in love with a guy who, you know, he he wanted me to himself, but I couldn't have him to myself, basically. Mm. Okay. So you had, you was low key in like a abusive relationship, but he wasn't like abusive towards you. He was abusive to other people. That's crazy. It's yeah, in middle I school. I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize that until one day I was talking to one of my um, counselors at my job and she was asking me about my first love and I was telling her, so she was just like, you know he was in a domestic violence relationship. And I'm like, he never hit me. What you talking about, girl? He never hit me. And she was just like, but emotionally he was abusing you because at that point in time, like, I didn't even grow up yet. Like, I'm still in seventh grade. Probably had just got my period talking to him. You know, <laughs> a little bit. I know that's a little bit explicit, but, you know, I didn't even grow up yet. But here I am thinking I'm in love with a dude and I'm scared for other people's lives. So I feel like I just have to stay with him. But he just used to do straight disrespectful things to me, like just straight disrespectful. Okay. Um, I, I don't think I had ever heard that story. I'm sorry about your life and your experience. <laughs> okay so with all of these very apparent dysfunctional relationships that we've oh wait a minute i almost skipped myself okay so what had happened was it was a long period of time ago this was back when i graduated high school and i was like getting ready to go into college and i was dating my boyfriend um and we were together for I think like maybe two years or so y'all he cheated on me he cheated on me with somebody very very close to me like literally it, it was as if somebody I'm dating now cheating with one of y'all having sex with one of y'all it's just it's just unacceptable unacceptable so he cheats on me and of course me El Stupido I take him back you feel me? And I'm mad at both of them. And I was having a hard time because I was like, I love both of y'all. You feel me? Like, I love you as a friend and I love you as my boyfriend. Like, I don't know if I need to throw both of y'all away, if both of y'all are canceled, or if I need to forgive both of y'all and, and y'all come back in my life. Like, I don't know what's going on. But long story short, um, me and the baby stayed together. Um, I told him in the beginning of, of the relationship that I was moving away to go to school um, but you know, we continued on our little journey. Baby was very, very, very insecure. So when I moved away to go to school, he was not doing anything to keep the relationship alive. Cause I feel like in his head, he thought, 
okay, well, she down there already and, you know, she's a nice girl. She's pretty. Like, it's other men out here that's going to be checking for her and I feel like she going to be entertaining them. So, I might as well not even try. Y'all, he all the way in Michigan. Then he went to school in uh, Mississippi. And this whole time we in a long distance relationship, this baby not FaceTiming me. He barely texted me back. One time, I cussed this baby out from the calf all the way to um to Lee Ryan, just yelling and cuss, just being irate, just some real dysfunctional stuff. So yeah, that was my um my toxic relationship. And like you said, um, Tasha, baby's still in my inbox literally to this day. Do you hear me? To this day. Like, what is it about men that always have them thinking about what they need to fix or the type of man they need to be after the fact. Like after you don't care no more, they be like, oh, let's let's do this or I'ma be different about this and you was, you know, this type of girl and I really loved you and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, honey, I don't care no more. <laughs> like I've moved on, I'm healed. And you in my DMs at this point is just pure entertainment for me and my girls. <laughs> That's all it is. Cause I will show screenshot your behind and be like, hey, look what this baby said to me. So we're going to start with Jazz. Jazz, what do you think it is about men that makes them realize after the fact that they lost a good thing and now they want to do the work to, to get you back? Um, I just want to, like, put my two cents in with you two because, um, you know, that nigga was, ooh, <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> that guy. Sorry, I'm trying to be very, very professional here. It's okay. <laughs> that guy, that young man, he was still in my DMs too for like two years, I believe, after the fact. But I think he got the gif that baby girl over me and I need to let that go, period. So for me, I think men, I think it's something about them that already, something about you that already registers to them and to some degree that you're very peculiar or you're different. But a lot of men don't really know what to do with women like us, you know, women that are like mm. cut from the type of fabric we are cut from. And sometimes because some women don't understand who they are or they don't understand certain things, they allow certain things for so long or they've been exposed to certain things where other men feel like, well, hey, if my mom or if my cousin, if these females, you know, put up with this or did this, then I could probably do the same thing to her, even though she seemed to be different or even though she may know to some degree who she is, I think I can kind of get away with this as well. But once we realize you know, once they realize that we love them, they take advantage of that. And once we fight and we fight and we can't fight no more and we leave, they understand. They understood the whole time that I have something good. They just thought that they can manipulate the situation. Or they thought they could, you know, take advantage of it because that's what they're used to. That's what they have been exposed to. That's what they see on a day-to-day -day basis from people they look up to. So subconsciously, they just move in a way that they think is going to work on everybody. And reality is, once a good thing is gone, it's hard to get it back and it's hard to fix it so i believe that's mm -hmm. why the chase is still on because they know that like i'm not completely you know over that situation because this girl was so different to me but we also know and i won't go too deep in that but we also know the power of slow ties mm -hmm. so it's just it's, it can be a lot of things but for me that is the very like more distinct i would say form of which dudes move on or move by or move in um and why they move the way they move when it comes to a woman being over them and they keep trying to come back. It's like they have that reality that this was a good one and I really messed up and I don't want to really let that go. So I'm going to keep trying because I know at one point she loved me. 
right. they have to realize, and they will eventually, that baby girl don't see you the same no more. So let it go. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm here for all of that. Okay, y'all. So Lexus is in the group chat um, complaining about being last on um, responding to the questions. So we're going to let um, Lexus go next because she over here talking about some, I'm tired of being last. <laughs> and it went to be last in answering the questions. Okay, so, so we're going to let Lexus go next. So anyway, to piggyback off of what Jack said, like I, like I said before, like the boy who I had, I really want to say, I'm going to just say his name because he in jail. Ain't like he going to be out anytime soon. So... Um, Steve. His name is Steve. But in my relationship with Steve, it was more so like Jess said, he was comfortable. He was comfortable with me staying. Like I know he cheated, I'll take him back. Me being young and dumb, and I won't even say young and dumb, it's just an experience. Like it's just me having an experience that I learned from. And even though it took me a lot to get through it, it just had I had an experience. But once I got older, he still in my he still called me from jail. I still get collect calls. <laughs> Um, do you want to set this caller? No, I don't. Hang up. <laughs> but he still, you know, called me and he just let me know one day. And I honestly really didn't get over him until I'll say my sophomore year in college. And he came to my house and he told me I'm like a Chinese, a Chinese, um, you know what I mean? That little thing, uh, China, a nice plate. Oh, fine and- China. Yeah, fine China. And he keeps me on the top of the shelf and he don't touch me unless he needs me. And I don't know if he thought that was a compliment, but in my head, I said, <laughs> oh, no, this blank didn't. Like, <laughs> you basically just said, I'm there when you need me, but right. you don't have to take care of me any other time. So after that, I was just like, oh, no, like, I'm cutting this off because I know my worth. And the thing is, he knew my worth, too. Although I didn't take that as a compliment, he knew my worth and he knew if I don't hold on to this girl, somebody going to get her. Somebody going to cherish her. And mm-hmm. he knew that. So it was like, a, I'm going to try every I'm going to try every year. I don't care if it's every month. I'm going to always try to get with you because I want you. Like, I want you. You might be over me, but I know you still got a little wiggle room. But mm-hmm. once a girl is done, a girl is done. Like, when a woman fed up, a woman is fed up. And... Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> okay, this baby said TED Talk. Okay, uh, thank you for joining us on your TED Talk. We appreciate <laughs> your input and uh, your perspective. Okay, Tasha, you next up, honey. What do you think it is about these men that makes them realize after the fact what they had, but they can't get it back, shouty? Um, well, both of these ladies like clearly describe what it is. I just feel as though, and I'll agree with what they said, is that after we leave and once we say we're done like and we're completely done and we just move on with our life and take care of ourselves internally they begin to open their eyes and see what we had to once offer there's always this thing that i heard before from a guy who says um he said women love early on in the beginning of a relationship men love later on so by the time Mm -hmm. most men I hate to say it, but once they begin to realize and start saying, okay, let me love this chick or let me love this young lady properly, it's already too late in the game because we start off the relationship as women with our feelings and emotions, emotions all invested in early on in the beginning of the stages. We start seeing the wedding, the children, everything. Men don't realize that until 
after. So in the midst of that, we're going through all these trials and tribulations and everything, these triumphs. They don't see that until the end. And nine times out of 10, most women are like done, done, and they move on with their life. And there's nothing that you can really do to get that person back. I think men need to start being honest in the beginning whether they really want somebody or if they don't Mm -hmm. and whether they really want to love somebody or not like just call it how it is you get what i'm saying because somebody's gonna get hurt and usually it's us women that gets hurt in the beginning but later on we put our panties on our big girl panties and we literally move on but for us women we just got to start taking care of ourselves internally and know what we're feeding ourselves and not feeding ourselves bullshit bullcrap and excuse my language yes you are right. bull crap and know what we have to offer and understand our worth and know what we won't take and what we'll settle for and what we won't because we're queens out here okay Period. come on here tasha i'm here for it yes um but i agree um when you said that men realize later on what it is that they they had that they love later i think that's uh-huh. so true because i think they just mature later i think we know that just in general men don't grow up as quickly as we do they don't think stuff through they don't understand certain concepts like they're literally just in the moment and what's happening right now is what's happening right now they're not thinking about months from now a year from now a few years from now they just doing whatever so um right and i posted something today actually on my instagram and i was basically just like i'm not a time or a space filler like if you don't know what your intentions are with me or if you're just using me as entertainment and you have um no intentions on committing at some point to me then you got to get out you're fired you're canceled like you're not gonna waste my time you're not gonna just be over here doing what you want to do because it's convenient for you like i'm a good woman i know that i'm a good woman and you're just not gonna waste my time i have other stuff to do that's the entire story you cannot waste my time because i got other stuff to do we're gonna let jazz chime in real quick on what she want to add on to this conversation Okay, so I just wanted to piggyback off, I think, what Tamia said, and I think Alexis, I think all of my girls said this, but I think I heard it from them, too, where they were like, guys, told them after the fact, you know, like, well, not even after, but, like, in the in, in the process of, like, it dying or it already being dying, like, how they know, like, this girl is, like, something, like, valuable and special, and if I let it go completely, another man is going to basically be wearing the crown that I'm supposed to be wearing, which is her, um, because, like, we're glory to men, you know, so... I believe, um, not believe, I'm sorry, but the guy that I was telling you guys about, I, I remember him sitting in my face in my bedroom one day. He clearly said these words to me, and that's when it really started to penetrate to me on my mind that this baby really just, he got a clue, but he really effed up, like all the way effed up, and I got to get out of this situation now. He said, um, Jazz, like, I know that you are very, like, special and very, like, different female. And I know that if, if I let you go, God is going to see you a better a better dude. And <laughs> when he see what I know you are and, like, what I've experienced, like, you're going to, like, be so done with me. And I can't have it. Like, I can't have another dude having what I know is, like, so great. It's like I'm just not ready to let you go. And I say, I'll be done. But you got a whole girlfriend out here. <laughs> and you don't want me. 
to be with somebody that you know will treat me better. And you, you basically telling me that I, you, I know that you deserve better. And when you, when you, when you really realize that you're over me, you're gonna have that. And I don't want that. So I'm gonna stand and be a space filler until you realize that I'm no more for you. Mm-hmm. He said until Jazz realized that like I'm not no more for her, I ain't going nowhere. I said bet. So oh, I just wow. wanted to put that in there because a man will get so comfortable that they would tell you their truth, and we somehow think we can change them or we can convince them that you know we are all that we that we need to be for them and they already showed and told you how they see and view you and i believe that it's very important to like highlight only because women are staying in situations where they feel like well i know he said that but obviously he sees it so at some point it'll be like a wake-up call for him and since he ain't gonna ever change his mind at that point if a man can clearly say something like that to you he's just selfish and he wants what he wants and he likes what he gets from you he likes the benefit of you but he doesn't respect you entirely or holistically and that's when you need to just get up put your big girl pennies on like my girl said and know your words and keep pressing forth because somebody go see it and trust me people do see it but you gotta uphold that value yourself so man can so man can see that and continue to hold that weight that you are Hmm. Okay, I agree. I agree 1000%. So on the other end of the spectrum, besides men, just having this complex where they, you know, don't know what they want, or they're just insistent on wasting our time. What do you think it is about us that keeps us in dysfunctional relationships? We gonna start with Lexis because baby just Y'all, okay, so we're on Zoom right now. I know y'all, I didn't fill y'all in on this, but we're on Zoom. And if y'all could see what my friends is on here doing and what they're saying in the group chat, please put, okay, oh my God. See, y'all can't see. I'm just going, okay, Lexis, what do you think it is? What do you think it is about us that keep us in dysfunctional bullcrap? Childhood trauma. Ooh, come on here. And... I say that because a lot of times we look for the love that we had or didn't have within our household. And a lot of, you know how a lot of people say, oh, you looking for, you're going to, you're going to look for somebody like your dad. So Mm -hmm. it's either the love that your dad didn't fulfill or you looking for the love that your dad did fulfill Mm -hmm. and you're going to always be on the search for that. You're always going to be on the search for something that you're missing. And I'll say in my household, my dad, he was a, he was a great dad, but although he was a great dad, he didn't know how to love a woman. So I never seen him love a woman. Mm -hmm. So I was always looking for somebody who, who will show me love, basically just show me love. And that's what every girl dreams of just to have love. And I'm looking into everybody. I'm like, my dad was very protective. So I liked, I love that in my dad, that he was very protective. So the boy who I was with, he was very protective. So I was just like, oh, this is it. But I start to block out all the other characteristics because I'm just, I just got a clear view. I'm in an alley, just got a clear view. I'm not caring about the muggers, the the rats, the alley, um, lions, all of that. Not mm-hmm. caring about none of that. And I think when we get in a relationship, that's what we tend to do. We forget that although we looking for one thing, we can't ignore these red flags. When mm-hmm. he's showing you who he is, believe him. Like, mm-hmm. that's all you can simply do. Just believe him because that's I'm it. so caught up on, oh, he's so protective, this, this, and that. But I'm not realizing, like, how you talk to other people. 
Like mm-hmm. how you carry yourself, who you are. Are we even equally yoked? Like right. just simple things like that. But I'm just so stuck on you being protective. I forgot everything else that I didn't pay attention to. So I feel mm-hmm. like that alone keep us in relationships that we don't need to be in. And not only just relationships, it keep us in friendships because we're so gung-ho on holding on to something that we feel like complete us. In reality, we complete ourselves. You are a whole by yourself in God. That's period. it. Period, friend. Period. Okay. Yeah. Period. So let me chime in real quick and I'm gonna let um Jazz go next. But um we um it's so funny how we unconsciously look for our fathers in men. Like you don't realize that you're doing it until after the fact. Like how you saying, Okay, I realize these toxic traits in my boyfriend and you know my dad was protective so my boyfriend need to be protective and i kind of realized the same thing in my last relationship um like you said like a father being present but not necessarily knowing how to love a woman so it's like yeah my dad is there and he's doing things dads do you know what i'm saying he cut the grass he you know take the trash out he makes sure that the car is washed and it's clean and you know, he, he does what a quote unquote man should be doing. But as far as like loving a woman and seeing a healthy relationship, I didn't see that either. And when I got with my previous boyfriend, literally he was by the books, like a replication of my father. And I was like, wow, you raggedy, raggedy you just raggedy (laughs) that's it and so it's it's just important that we evaluate like you said lexis our um our childhood trauma so that we understand what needs to um die what dysfunctions need to die so we can make room for healthy relationships okay tasha i'm gonna let you give your input next where you at with it honey Sorry, I had you guys on mute. Um, but yes, I agree. I agree with everything that you said and everything that Jack, um, Lexis um, said about childhood trauma. Um, childhood trauma plays a major role because some of us have traumas within ourselves that we have yet to disclose or talked about. So that plays a major factor within relationship with some of us, not us particularly, but people in general, like young ladies that are getting raped, molested by family, by uncles, by brothers or cousins, like and it's hard for them to speak about those things because that is happening in their household. So when they go outside looking for love, they try to find something that's greater from what they assume love would be in their house, if that makes sense. So I feel as though that plays a factor. And then internally with us not knowing who we are or what's our purpose or what like what about us that makes us who we are finding ourselves all of that is very very important in the relationship because we as females we bring a lot of trauma too now it's not just the dudes we have trauma we have we have fatherless um dads we have motherless mothers so we bring a lot of trauma into the relationship because we're not whole ourselves and we're still battling certain things insecurities we're still battling doubt or whatever other trauma that exists 
along with those things. Mm-hmm. So I feel as though it's extremely important, of course, to acknowledge those traumas and seek guidance or whatever it is that you need to to help you with that. Because when we bring that into the relationship in the male trauma, it just creates a whole disaster. Child, you ain't never lied. All right, Jazz, Hello? what you on? Can y'all hear me? <laughs> Tasha. Okay, you, you, okay, Jazz up next. You good, Tasha. Okay, and Jazz, here we go. So, my girls just really touched on, like, some key things. I mean, that was the, that was the biggest um, thing that I believe affects women and why we stay in certain situations. And that's, that's the number one, but I believe a lot of things play a part of why women do what they do and why they stay in dysfunctional situations. And it, it, it's, it, it can go, this is a topic that can go on for, for, for days and it, it can be just viewed in so many different ways. But for me, I believe in the power of like love languages. And I believe we all have a different type of love language. And I believe mm-hmm. it is nurtured how we were how we were brought up and what we've been exposed to and what we um, gravitate toward um and i believe that for from my perspective it's the lack it's the lack or the absence of what we hear or the lack or the absence of the truth and a lot of mm. girls a lot of women are not used to hearing that i'm a queen and i'm a i'm a i'm a, I'm a, I'm a princess i'm worthy i'm valuable i am you know a chosen person like i am yeah. this and i am that they're not aware of the power of words and we allow the words of naysayers and the words of media and the words of the enemy to speak into who we into our identity or into mm-hmm. who we think we should be and we allow that to subconsciously mold and make us who we think we should be and we eventually start to um um, what's the word, uh, pull those things or gravitate those things toward us. We start to attract those things because we feel like then this must be the way. And a lot of times women, I my, my personal belief through my 26 years of experience is that women most times always know to some degree that they're more worth than the situation they're in. Mm-hmm. But some people get so caught up in time or get so caught up in, I love this person or get so caught up in, it can't get better than this or get so caught up in, I don't want to start over that they mm-hmm. sit and they, they, they self-sabotage in a situation or they, they discredit themselves by being in an unhealthy relationship or situationship because they're just tired or they're just mm-hmm. fed up or they're just at their ends rope where they feel like it just, I'm going to just stay here. Because somewhere in that, they lost the true essence of who they were. And the fight stopped. The, the, everything shifted for them to some degree. So I believe, you know, the, the power of words and the power of the way we see things and our perspective is what keeps us in toxic situations. And I believe, even if I make it a little personal just for a minute, mm-hmm. for me, I know, I know wholeheartedly, like, for, at 26, to some degree, I know I'm still growing. I know I still have a lot to discover about myself, but I know fully who I am. But even now, I still allow certain things, not because I don't know who I am or not because I don't know my worth or my value, but it's just more so of the feeling. And sometimes we whether pay the cost for something that someone is offering with our feelings, no matter what the, the, the end goal will be. And a lot of times it ends up in pain because of what we want to feel. Mm-hmm. It's a feeling that is not there that we want and we continuously aim after or we go after. So that's my perspective on why I believe women. Um, and I know it was all over the place, but it's just it's so it's so it's so it's so it's such a grand topic where I feel like mm-hmm. it can just go here, there, there and there. But that's my personal um, view on why we stay in toxic and dysfunctional relationships. 
I agree. I agree with all that. Um, it's so much to unpack, like you said. Um, but from here to kind of move forward, what do you think as women? I know we talked a lot about, um, you know, addressing childhood trauma, addressing, um, you know, confidence, what we hear, what media says and all those other things. What do you think that we can do moving forward as women to make sure that we aren't um, entertaining dysfunctional relationships? Because like you said, sometimes from the beginning, you can tell when something is just not going to work. So at what point do we say to ourselves, okay, not only am I going to um, catch on to what's going on, but am I going to address it? And how am I going to move forward? Am I going to stay or am I going to understand the consequences of the situation and remove myself from it? So what are some things or what are some thoughts that you feel like as a woman you can do to refrain from entering into those dysfunctional or toxic relationships? Who, who want to hit first? Ain't nobody say, okay, Lexis, I'm going to unmute you, honey. All right. Is it um, okay? Yeah. Um, I would say to first and foremost, women start have to stop acting like they're healers mm. because you can only heal yourself. That's the only person that you can heal. That's mm -hmm. number one. Number two, you set standards and you stick to them. Yeah. Because a lot of time, women we lower our standards for a guy that we like. Like, mm -hmm. you know what? I like him. Even though he don't have this, I'm still going to go with it. But it's a big part of what you want in a man. And you can't ask for something and then, oh, you know what? I don't really need it that much. That's like going to God and saying, God, I'm a very, I like to do scenarios. All my friends know I like to do scenarios. Scenario. But it's like, I go to God and I have so much faith in God. God, give me this car. And I'm I'm telling him the details. God, give me this blue car with these silver rims. I want the blacking. I want the um, interior to be cream. Everything. And God hands me. I won't even say it's God that's handing me this. But another car pull up. It's a black car. The interior isn't how I want it. But I'm so anxious. We get so anxious to be in something that we're not even ready for. Mm -hmm. We haven't healed ourselves from anything. But I'm so anxious to get into this car. I haven't checked everything else. Is mm -hmm. it the interior that I want? Are the wheels how I like it? So as far as relationships, it's like you have to be sure. You have to be sure, sure yeah. that what you step into is what you want and what you can deal with. And the standards that you have for yourself and the standards that you have for a relationship is there in the relationship regardless so when times get rough you know that my standards aren't compromised in this relationship and we as women we have to understand that men comes with men come with childhood traumas too mm -hmm. so because we can be very self self-observed like yeah. it's always about me 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 but we have to understand okay he might be going through something too but although you're going through something and although i'm going through something it is not for you to heal me it is mm -hmm. not for me to heal you. We have to understand that we have to heal ourselves before we come together to be whole. Now, if I'm going through something and you can be there for me, that's what a relationship is about. We're supposed to grow together and you're supposed to help me, guide me along the line. That's why you ask for a man who's a leader. Mm -hmm. So I feel like as far as relationship goes, 
it's just a, a standard thing. You have to have standards and you can't lower your standards for anything or nobody. I agree. Come on here, Lexus, out here with the um with the facts, with the truth. Everybody do a little snap for Lexus. Come on now. Okay, um, jazz is gonna be next. All right, what do you think we could do as women to not uh perpetuate dysfunction out here, Shouty? Um, hello? Oh, yeah. okay, I'm sorry. I didn't um, know I was off mute. But, um, so, you know, that was um, a real, like, round of applause for my girl because, like, yeah, yeah, like, we coming through with that. But I was like, you took me by surprise at first. You know, I was like, okay, we girls, but, you know, we kind of differ with some stuff, which is okay. But when you start to unfold it, I was like, okay, bet, I, I agree as well. But I do, I do believe to some degree we are healers. Um, you know, everything that God does for the most part, he does through a person. So I do believe that we can bring healing. And I do believe that we are by nature nurturers to men and people and things. That's just how God created us to be. But I do, um, however, like want to say this, like I remember talking to this guy and he said these words and it, and it, it was so apparent. And it was so um, necessary for me to hear and it piqued my just, it just piqued me to some to such a degree where I was like, that is so true. And that's how men really think. He said, I don't give every girl the same thing. He said, mm. I, you have to know who to give certain things to. Because you can talk to different girls the same way. But it's going to be something different about each girl. And you have to make that that option or that 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 decision to know who deserves more than the next one. And I believe for women, we have to do the same thing. We have to, we have options. Mm-hmm. You know, we are baddies. We are beautiful. We're queens. So we have an option of dudes that tries to get our attention in every way, shape, or form from all different walks of life. And I believe it's for us to know, like, our royal status and know, like, I have the option to choose who I want to give my time, attention, and energy to. And we have to know within us, what am I willing to deal with? What do I like? What do I not like? What do do I'm willing to go through? You won't always know the ins and outs, but you have to know that you're not built for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not built to do life with everybody. You're not built. You're built the way you're built on purpose for a certain individual or for a certain group of people. So when you realize that and when you discover who you are in your single season or in your season of development or even while you're in a relationship, you can still do self-development. And I feel like for women, we lose ourselves just a bit because we get so caught up in what we've always wanted, which is love, affection, and attention from a man. But when we give ourselves that, in the relationship or before the relationship, we don't depend on a man to be our God or to be our happiness. You know, we understand that he brings some sense of value to us depending on who he is, but we don't build our whole identity or our whole our whole sense of what we want, our worth on a person. So once we realize that and once we walk in that attitude and we really let that become our true essence, then we'll start moving as if we're in, we have authority over who we give our time, attention and love and affection to because every man is not worth it. And sometimes, like my girl said, you know, sometimes we just lower our standards because we want something so bad that even though I want this car, I might just settle for this one because it came quicker. Mm -hmm. But no, you can't do that. You have to be very you have to be very aware of not being so deceptive or so deceived by what looks okay in the moment because mm-hmm. things that come too quick or things in the moment are not a hundred percent better for you. It may be okay for, for a season. It may numb you for a season, but your end goal, what, what was the end goal? What was your intended 
intended plan for that thing. And I believe that's, that's what I would leave you guys with. What was the goal? What was the original goal that you set for yourself? Have a goal, have a vision. You know, God says that where there's no vision, the people, the people perish. You know, mm-hmm. so what is your image of what you want for yourself? What, what kind of man do you see yourself with? And I understand that we all have not seen a very good example of a man, but what do you want for you? Who do, who are you? Mm-hmm. So in that process of elimination or in that process of trying to discover who you are, we won't lower our standards and we will keep, you know, um, our, our heads on tight and our crowns on high and we'll walk boldly when we understand that I have a choice to make my life better or I can have a choice to sit here and settle in my life. And once we realize that I have that power, I believe that women will move and walk different in their femininity and in their attributes as a woman. Period. My friend out here <sighs> speaking the facts, okay? Come through. My friends is out here with the intelligence. Come on now. Don't play with them. All right, Tasha, you up next, honey. What do you think we could do different as women to not perpetuate toxic relationships? Um, I think. Oh, hold on, honey. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I muted you on accident. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. You know how you keep pushing the button, but it's not doing what you needed to do when you push it. So you just keep pushing it, even though it's not, it's like the elevator, you know, when you keep hitting the <laughs> elevator button and it's still not coming, but you keep pushing it, even though you don't see it yet. Okay. You live, baby. <laughs> we on here. Um, I feel as though what we can do as women is of course, there's always red flags in the beginning of a relationship or dating courting. Well, before courting dating, there's always red flags. So the first thing is to look at the red flags. And like jazz says, what is the goal? You should always look at the goal and the red flags. If there are conflicts already, then that should already give you key that uh, indicator that this is not going to work or it may it may work, but it's going to be very hard and that there's still going to be red flags and barriers later on to come. So I feel as though that is extremely important to look at and dig in. And we as women, we just need self-isolation. That's all we really need Ooh, in our yeah. life. We need like major self-isolation, mm-hmm. like to be surrounded by women that are doing the same thing that we are doing to empower us and feed us and pour into us. And so we can do the same thing because if we're not surrounded by that, we we tend to lose ourselves and lose focus and settle down for crap that we shouldn't be settling for. So the best thing for us to do is to really just self isolate and just work on ourselves, like love ourselves, care for ourselves, nurture ourselves. Yes, we are healers, heal, but we got to heal ourselves first like Lexa says we can't be out here trying to heal a man that got all these type of issues and we haven't healed our insecurities we haven't healed our doubt we're still struggling with our faith Mm -hmm. we're still struggling with all these other issues we haven't fully healed yet so how can we heal someone else and we still have all these dilemmas that's not Mm -hmm. how it works and I feel as though once we fully heal ourselves to a certain degree I'm not saying 100% cure but to a certain degree where we're able to manage on and take on the serpent's head we'll be able to crush whatever comes our way and it makes it easier for us to give love and to receive receive love and to be loved but if we haven't doing all of that Come all on, of those Tasha. things we're going to continually face obstacles over and over again and they're going to be the same repeated attack and then we're going to say why is this going or why is it going like this and the enemy is going to send the same demon over and over again because we have not yet conquered that specific area in our life period come on friend you are y'all 
Yo, y'all really be out here saying the thing, saying the dag on thing. Okay. <laughs> All right, Jazz wanna chime in real quick. Oh, oh, see, that's I think what's going on is y'all be unmuting yourselves, but then I be pushing it at the oh. same time, so it just be going mute, 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 mute. Well, okay. stop pushing. Okay. I think that's what but no, I just wanna leave like your 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 listeners with this. I just wanna say like don't think that like we're saying like oh because you don't know who you're attracting. You don't know who you're attracting um, to your podcast or to your wisdom, to your life, to who you are um, called to reach. So it can be young women. It can be older women. It can be women our age in between. So mm -hmm. I want everybody from different generations to know, like, we're not saying that you have to know these things overnight. We're not saying that, you know, you, you know, if you're in these situations that you're, you know, you're a bad person or it's too late for you. We're just basically giving you practical principles that we've learned from our experiences and that can help you still right where you are. And if you apply them, not just here, but apply them, that they can really be effective in your life and know that you're not the only one that have went through what you went through. You know, somebody else have, has went through what you went through and your testimony is what's going to bring the healing that's necessary for other women or for whoever it is you're called to be with. Mm -hmm. So that's just what I want to say. Okay. I love this. Yes. I, listen, we out here. Um, so I think like as a whole, um, we've pretty much all said the same thing that for one, we need to not compromise our standards. If we have a certain standard, we can't let anybody or any situation or even our own feelings allow us to lower what it is that we have uh visualize for ourselves and visualize for our future and also it takes a lot of self-care and introspection to know who you are and know what you want so that you can uphold those boundaries and those standards and so that you can know your self-worth and so you can know okay this is who i am and this is the type of company that i want to keep this is the type of man that i want to have in my life and I just don't have room or time for any type of dysfunctional behavior. And most importantly, I don't I don't deserve it. Nobody deserves to be in toxic situations. And once you care about yourself enough to understand that, okay, once A, B, and C starts happening, I must abort mission because I'm way too important. I'm more important than your childhood traumas that you refuse to heal from. It's one thing if you want to be different, but if a, if a person refuses to be different and then they want to come in your life, bringing their baggage and they drama and they hurt and they pain, sir, <laughs> baby boy, I got enough of my own that I'm trying to figure out. I can't have you over here bringing yours and you not trying to figure it out. You're trying to make me figure it out. Like, sir, I need us to be on the same page. Like, like Jazz said, if we're going to heal, we all need to be on one accord that we're on a healing journey. And if you don't want to be on the journey, you got to get out, fam. You're canceled. You're fired. And like y'all said, it's hard because you want to be with somebody. Like, you want affection. You know, you want the attention and all this other stuff. But it, like y'all said, the end goal, is it worth it? Was it worth the attention that you wanted? Was it worth the good morning text you wanted? Was it worth a night out to eat? Like, was it really worth that? Because the only one that's going to be hurt at the end of the day is you lex is so stupid she's talking about <laughs> did you did you eat i can't y'all are canceled all right so but i just want to um piggyback off of you really quick it's just okay. like really simple um oh, i know to piggyback off of what you and jazz both said 
the is it worth it? I feel like we this whole generation we're just anxious. We can't wait. Period. It's like we don't want to wait, and that's a part of our problem. And just like you know, all of you guys stated. When I said it that, you know, we're not healers, but I cannot heal someone if I'm not healed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we aren't healed. So I can't be an empty cup filling up another cup. It's not going to work, baby, because one of us got to be filled. And if I am fulfilled, how can I continue to pour into you, pour into you, and you're not pouring anything into me? Yeah. In our relationship, any relationship, I feel like that's how it's supposed to go. You pour into me, I pour into you. You give me wisdom, I give you wisdom. If I don't know something, teach me so that I know. For So for future references, I can tell somebody else about it. And I feel like as women, that's what we can do. Like Tasha said, let's keep in contact with women who are like us. Mm-hmm. Like, just how the Bible says, you be equally equally yoked in any relationship. Yeah. Have friendships that are equally yoked. So when you get into situations like that, your friend can pull you to the side. You know, I know this not you. I, you can do better than this because sometimes we forget and we need that reminder. This mm-hmm. not you. You need, to, you need to step out of that. Just take a look at it. Let me show you how you looking from the outside. And it might not take just, it might take more than one conversation for you to get it. But eventually you will get it. And everybody go through with it. Period, friend. Listen, I have enjoyed this conversation. Y'all out here dropping all the nuggets. And here's the thing. Like you said, um, being equally yoked. Conversations like this are the things that heal you. Because you address the issues. You know, you find a, a common ground in your situations. And we learn from each other as women. So here's what I want y'all to do. So we're coming to a close on this episode. Um, I want y'all to give y'all's um, y'all Instagram information. Or if y'all have anything that y'all want to mention as far as, you know, a brand. Or once again, just shout out like your IG so everybody can go follow you, keep updated on you. We gon' we gonna do that, Jazz. I'm gonna let you go first. Unmute yourself because I keep pushing it, and then we push it, and then it's just there we go. Yeah. So this was an enjoyable um, podcast. I pray that you know, McGrill bring us on again. <laughs> but um, yeah. So um, I have a YouTube channel, and it's the same as my Instagram, which is Jazette Levette. It's J A Z Z E T T underscore L A V V E. T-T. Mm-hmm. And um, I do videos about life, fashion, Jesus, and just the whole, that whole, that whole little world of Gisette. So yeah, mm-hmm. just follow me on there. Um, I do have a brand, but you guys will see what it is when you get on there. But yeah. Period. Thank you. Okay. Um, anybody else want to shout out their um, IG page or anything else they got going on? Um, my IG is an underscore angelic queen, underscore A-N-G-E-L-I-C, queen, underscore. Period. Okay, Tasha, unmute yourself, honey, so we not. Okay, I clicked it. Can you hear me? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Okay, thank you to my girl, Tavia, for bringing us on here. I really enjoyed all of y'all. Hopefully, we'll be back for part two, three, four, and five. Period. Um, And that's my baby. But y'all, my <laughs> IG name is just J U S T underscore Tasha T A S H A A A A. 
And I'll tag all of it once the episode is up. I'll make sure that it's in the description bar as well as when I post um, sound bites uh, from the podcast on my stories. I'll make sure I tag everybody. Um, Yeah, this has been another episode of the hashtag truth challenge. My girlfriends have joined me on this episode and I hope y'all catch me on the next one. Y'all can find these episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll catch y'all on the next episode.